This is the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, a weekly live podcast covering the latest headlines in con culture and entertainment news, and hosted by the Englishman himself, Leonard Sultana, and joined by friends of Comic Con's Alyssa Franks. This is Series 4, Episode 21, live on the 8th of January, and in this, our first show of 2017, we take a look back at our highlights of the festive season, contemplate the machinations of the Comic-Con International Organization as it whirs into life ahead of July 2017, and with the help of special guest Jasmine from Superheroes XYZ, we look ahead to the upcoming Phoenix Comic-Con in the wake of its controversial policy of staffing its event with paying volunteers. Talking Comic-Con is part of an EnglishmanInSanDiego.com, encouraged by the generous donations of the fans and followers. Join the family and keep up to date with the latest updates by supporting us at Patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. that but um yeah we got that we got the countdown sorted but just be grateful that we're here that's all i can say considering that um i did take a bit of effort to get back into speed uh with the whole thing um after a nice little break away i know i really upset Alyssa by not doing a show on new year's day um not doing something on new year, christmas day either or let's just have a break for the festive season but we're back now. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Welcome to Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Each and every Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT, we talk con culture. We talk all the stuff that appears at conventions. We have a bit of a roundtable thing. And, of course, everyone jumps in with conversations about stuff that you want to talk about. You can do that by using the hashtag SDCC, or you can go to the YouTube chat room and just jump in with any questions, anything that you want to talk about in terms of our topics today, which we've got ourselves a couple. We are certainly going to be talking about CCI and what they've got planned, considering that their social media engine is now starting to were back into life, and we are going to be talking as well about Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, we could be talking as well about Wizard World, which is taking place this weekend in New Orleans, but I don't think we've got a representative there, so unfortunately we can't do a live report, but um, certainly we're keeping an eye on the, uh, the bits and pieces that's happening at Wizard World. But we have a couple of guests which I want to introduce first. Uh, first and foremost, my uh, partner in crime, uh, Alyssa Franks, is uh, joining us. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well. I survived Christmas. Um, it's cold here. We don't have a lot of snow, but uh, I, I'm, you know, doing well, doing well. So Good. how was your Christmas, Leonard? It was fun. It was hard work because, um, as per usual, I work as a DJ. I work a lot, as you can imagine, over the festive season, which means from around the third week in November to about now, the last couple of six to eight weeks have been a bit of a blur. I can't remember a great deal of it, and um, all I can remember is now just the presents that I got, which are piled nicely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, we'll talk and about that happy, in a bit. And the happy bank account. <laughs> happy bank account? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, well, lots of work, I was thinking. <laughs> oh, no, because it all gets spent on presents and oh. booze and turkeys, multiple yeah. turkeys. Uh, so no, it, it, it works like that. So no, but it's good to, good to hear you had a, um, a good festive season. Happy New Year to you as well. 
Um, I hope uh, that went well. Hope, uh, did you bring in uh, the New Year with uh, family and friends? I did not. I stayed home and actually caught up on Luke Cage, which I never watched. I know. I'm admitting it. <laughs> I got no, to episode that's not, seven. That's not what I'm laughing at. It's more about <laughs> that's how you spend your New Year. Yes. Well, I, you know, I, I had a 17 year old in the house and, and so, uh, because, uh, yeah, because I, I, so that was what I chose to do. I suppose I could have gone out and watched fireworks and the like, but I, I, I decided not to. I think I was one of those people that was in bed by 10. Fair enough. <laughs> I was in the company of people old. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, we'll, just, we'll, just move, we'll just move on. Uh, and we've got ourselves another guest, uh, first timer on the, the Hangout. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. This is Jasmine from superheroes.xyz. Hi, guys. Right? Is that right? How are you doing, Jasmine? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> doing great so far. You're looking a little bit nervous. You're, I don't, am. Don't be, scared. don't be scared. We're fine. It's a safe space. Don't worry about it. That works. Uh, that works. We, myself and Jasmine have spoken uh, a number of times on Twitter. Uh, she's a great follow if you get the chance. That's Superheroes XYZ on Twitter. Great account. But um, this is the first time we've had her on the show. And um, I know that um, she's also interested in starting her own podcast. So... We want you to be, uh, this is the audience now, we want you to be critical. We want you to be um, highly, highly analytical of her performance. We want you to judge her on form, vocal skills, the, yeah, just the usual stuff. Perfect. Basically, everything, yeah, everything I'm crap at, she's going to be great at. So this, this is going to be great. And so that's an awful lot. So don't worry about it. So, yeah, um, thank you very much, Lee, for joining us. Uh, I suppose the best thing to start with is, Introduce yourself. I mean, what's your take on fandom and what your con history? Tell us about yourself. Okay, so Jasmine from Superheroes XYZ. I started going to San Diego Comic Con in 2006 and volunteering and tried to attend. I started going to the Phoenix Comic Con in 2014 and uh, more recently, like the Amazing Arizona Comic Con. Uh, my dad got me into the geeky, geeky fandom, uh, Stargate, Star Trek. He's loved Star Trek. So just kind of went from there, and then I recently got into superheroes and comics and then art. So it's like ever-changing uh, fandom and Comic-Cons. I always get into something new every year, so I'm pretty excited. And then best of yet from becoming a blogger, like meeting all you guys, you know, the fans and stuff. I really enjoy connecting with them, even though I'm socially awkward sometimes, but it's been really fun so far. <laughs> How long has superheroes been going now? Um, I just made my second year anniversary this month. I started back in 2015, so I'm going on my third year now, so I'm hoping to change some things up and move forward and bring some uh, better stuff to you guys, so I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, we've got uh, Dan Berry saying, uh, oh, no, that's uh, uh, Andy, I love your post for um, H uh, HH. I've had one or two people uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter saying, really excited to have you on, Jasmine. So, excellent. Sweet. Thank, Thank you. you. Brilliant. Hey, no, looking forward to uh, hearing about, uh, certainly about your experience with um, uh, Phoenix as well and uh, talking about um, how we, there's certainly the, the news that's come over the last couple of weeks. So, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I think we'll start, I suppose, um, just to go back uh, to Christmas. Uh, one thing we wanted to talk about was um, geeky presents. And what we kind of got in our uh, in our Santa sack? What was your geekiest present, Jasmine? <laughs> um, the Star Trek shirt for once. 
Um, I got a Black Widow shirt, uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, so it kind of updated my geeky wardrobe a little for my sister, so I was pretty excited about that. And uh, Supernatural calendar, can't forget my boys, to help me with the new year, so... <laughs> And um, some coloring books. So that was that was cool. Star Wars. So it's it's cool. <laughs> so yeah, that sounds was like a. Your, sounds like your fandom is all over the place. It's fantastic. It is. It so, is. <laughs> so I mean, your your modern con culture cult, uh, uh, con. It's perfect for you because you can sort of like disappear yes. in all sorts of corners. Everything. So it's nice. It's nice. Ex- excellent. Yourself, Alyssa. What was your um, geeky present of the year? Um, I actually was able to get that Kamandi uh, book that I had wanted. It's the Jack Kirby book that. Um, so, I'm, and of course, I'm gonna uh, show it off because I can. Um, it's in this. It's in the um, a large format, and I, of course, you know, it's it's the art that I will never be able to afford. Um, <laughs> Well, I, this page, I think, um, one of these, I think this page here, uh, goes for probably 20 or $30,000 if you were to, to get the, the first, the first print of it. So wow. this, yeah, in these artist edition books, um, it's a nice, affordable way of getting a whole bunch of art that I can just appreciate and read. So that's my, my biggest, uh, biggest geek present. The other things I got was a sleeping pad for Hall H lines. <laughs> oh, it's a one pound thing. I swear this thing is about this big and, um, a new chair. Um, uh, you are preparing, aren't you? you yes. <laughs> I am. Um, I am. Well, it was my first time sleeping out in the Hall H line last year, um, even though I've been to a number of San Diego uh, lines before. I had never um, actually spent the night outside. And um, it became evident that that's what I really need to get a, um, at least get four hours in. If I get four hours in, I'm fine for the day. So that that was my my must have, and the fact that it's one pound and that big that was the um, the 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 kicker for me to to actually <laughs> put it on my list. And would you get Leonard? Um, well, I got myself um, a Rogue One T-shirt. I got myself some Star Wars glasses. Uh, but I think my favorite present that I got was um, a replacement. Uh, for a book which is I don't want to damage. Um, back in the day, I did get the first edition hardback of um, Arkham Asylum from uh, Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. And Caroline uh, knew very well that I was um, I'm a fan of the book and I, I cherish it and I look after it very nicely. But um, there's the 25th anniversary edition with the script in the back and uh, lots of little bit behind the scenes stuff. Uh, behind the making of uh, of the book, um, it's one of my favourites, and uh, it's this nice little hardback. Which, uh, well, it's not a little; it's a just cracking hardback of uh, uh, Arkham Asylum. So that was my geeky present. Uh, didn't get much <laughs> in terms of videos and stuff this year. So no, I was. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I found that there weren't that many um, uh, deals out there as they had been in previous years. I was actually looking for um, DVDs and Blu-rays, um, but I, I wasn't, there was nothing that I was going to do. The only thing I think I bought was uh, um, an Expanse season one, which, you know, of course I had you, to do that. This, this, this is this is Leonard's look of shock and horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
got exactly. an, an expanse. Yeah, okay. exactly. But I mean, the, but the point being is that usually I buy a stack of DVDs um, because uh, it's for a variety of reasons. I actually do watch them. And uh, and I didn't this year because there weren't that many good deals out. No. Just, you know, so I agree I with you. For myself, it's more a case of I think anything that's decent is available on Netflix or digital download or whatever. I think that not many people are buying the DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. So it's, mm. Mm. We'll, we'll get into Netflix later on because Absolutely. they're doing some interesting stuff, too, on, just, on just. when we do the television. <laughs> yeah. Yourself, uh, Jasmine, did you get any DVDs of note? No, they're so expensive. And I, I love having, like, the DVD collection, you know, but this is a little pricey. I was hoping to, to at least get the Beauty and the Beast 25th anniversary for the movie coming out, but so I'll get that for my birthday soon. But no, I, uh, um, they're a little pricey, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's when um, uh, 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 the director of um, uh, Doctor Strange uh, tweeted out the picture of the steel book for um, Doctor Strange. Uh, this is Scott Derrickson. And I just went, that looks very pretty. I'm going to wait for the phase three box set. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'll just hang fire. Thank you. Yeah, on the chat room, do let us know your favorite geek present that you got for Christmas. We'd love to hear what you like, landed off your loved ones. Right, so let's dive into it. We're 27 weeks away from San Diego Comic-Con 2016. 27 weeks, three days uh, to go. Uh, so we can now say this year, uh, but this is where we would usually be continuing on the headlines from CCI from last year. We'd be talking about um, sale, um, returning reg, uh, the aftermath of that, and looking forward to the open online. At this point, we've heard nada, which is proving to be a little bit stressful for a number of people. And um, I mean, my own personal thoughts on it is that CCI are trying to put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, trying to condense the timeline between uh, just talking and ramping up to uh, San Diego Comic-Con and the event itself. Now, us as fans, we start our ramp up for the next Comic-Con, the Monday that the last one finished. Uh, so it's a bit awkward. But considering we've heard nothing, I think there's also been a bit of a change in terms of the social media. They're still posting their Toucan blog updates. They're still posting the Katie Cook art pieces. They're still posting all of that. And they are posting one or two updates when it comes to the Eisner Awards and also the art show, which is now open for submissions. Do go to an Englishman in San Diego.com for an update on that. But they've also done a pop culture um, tweet um, about, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was now. I think it was Blade, some, a Blade tweet or something it seemed strange and out of character what what did you take make of that Alyssa? i'm trying to to search for it as we speak so i i'm not sure what you're talking about i missed that oh i think they did they did talk about um uh carrie fisher and yeah they did yeah yeah although i did uh, i think it was mark serby that felt that it was a little bit out of place to just sort of like pimp the fact that Carrie Fisher had been to San Diego Comic-Con with a picture of her at uh, San Diego. But, um, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, CCI so. wasn't the only person that did that. You know, sure. I, I, yeah, I think Reed Pop did that too. 
Um, so it wasn't, it, it wasn't just, just them. Um, there we are. Yeah, so this was this was two days ago. Uh, one final look back at last season and a preview of the final season before the grim premiere tonight. It seemed out of place. Yeah. Uh, that it was a non-con or CCI business-related um, uh, uh, update. It, it just seemed very out of place. And I'm just wondering if it's a new take uh, to their social media media approach that they are now just going to have this presence. Uh, online. Um, in terms of the actual sales, I mean, what's the forum been saying about dates and stuff? And their, their thoughts and a uh, take on it? Um, well, there's a number of things. My take on it, first off, there's a number of things that need to happen. Uh, we've got WonderCon Hotels. We've got uh, WonderCon Press. We've got C- SDCC pre-reg or a returning reg and we've got sdcc i know press so there's all of these things happening but i think the thing that's causing the most um anxiety is returning reg pre-reg um since that's the one that's most obviously not occurred yet we're of the, I am of the opinion, and I'm foistering the opinion to everybody that's on the forum that we need to be ready. Um, they said early 2017, yes, there is a consensus that a lot of people think it's going to happen in February. To my mind, that condenses everything, um, all of these four things into February and March, and then they've got WonderCon. So mm. it, it, it's, it, I don't know why they're backloading everything so intently. Um, so it's a lot of confidence in the system they've got in place. Are you going in for pre-reg as well, Jasmine? Yes, this will be the first time in a long time, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it just seems... No, I, I, I personally do think it's just confidence in their process they've got in place. I mean, there hasn't... The only thing that really fell over or has fallen over over the last two years, in fact, if you're going to count two, if you're going to count parking, um, is hotels. <laughs> uh, is hotels. Hotels was the big sticking point. But when it came to the actual badge sales, I can't think of too much that went wrong on pre-reg and open online. Can you? No, and I agree that I think that they could have only have two or three weeks, um, two weeks between the two, just to allow themselves to get things sorted. And if there are any incidental problems, to to make sure that things are, uh, you know, uh, ready for Gen Reg. Um, I think they're they they could do it in the early part of February and then turn around and have Gen Reg at the late later part of February, it would make sense to me. Um, but they've also got to deal with press and hotels, which are happening, usually happen at the end of March and WonderCon. So it puts a lot of load on all of their, all of their staffing to do all of these three things concurrently. And it's surprising to me that they have that, that amount of staff. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's comments coming in. Uh, uh, thank you very much indeed for the, uh, the YouTube chat. Uh, Michael P. WonderCon hotels are really late this year. Um, he's also guessing anywhere between the fourth and the eighth. 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure which one he's guessing on there because there's things, number, <laughs> like I say, there's a number of things to guess on, but that's what he's uh, guessing at. Um, uh, Sarita P, this is an interesting one. Maybe they're trying to throw everyone off guard. I, as we're going to be talking about later on, the Comic-Con um, or the con landscape is so unsteady and unsure at the moment as it is the last thing we need is anything else to just throw us <laughs> off guard. We need something, something solid, something <laughs> tangible, please, to hold on to. I, my feeling is, is that they're not doing this on purpose, that there's a reason for why they're doing it. Um, I could understand them having a little bit more of a problem with the WonderCon hotels and the SDCC hotels, given what happened last year. I can't understand why they're delaying um, the, the badges, but there's got to be a reason for it. And eventually we'll find it out. I, you know, I am hoping that Ron, uh, Rob Stocks, um, how did you pronounce Rob, his last name? Rob, Rob Salkovich. Salkovich. Uh, Rob Salkovich. <laughs> is how, Rob Salkovich is how I'm pronouncing it. So. Okay. <laughs> his, well, I knew I was going to get his, his last name pronounced wrong. <laughs> I am hoping that his assertion on our show, um, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago before uh, Christmas, was that um, uh, perhaps they were going to do uh, a third show. Uh, he's He kind of made that that, um, uh, you know, he threw that possibility out at the very, very end. So maybe there's something else bigger going on that we don't know about yet, um, which is what I'm, I'm thinking. But we, we just, we got to wait and see. And that's hard <laughs> because I'm, I'm I want to cu- know. I'm, well, I'm curious to see because there was the um, San Diego, uh, sorry, no, San, the San Francisco show that they did, uh, which was more for creators. It was very much more an industry. Um, uh, show not so so much for the uh, for the uh, con culture uh, audience, and I'm just wondering if that's going to be their third show. If they just this you know, the, the one they did last year was just a, a small intimate affair. Maybe 2017 is where they ramp that up to um, a major event. Um, I do quite like a couple of the comments. Uh, Michael P. Rob is our secret weapon. It's becoming yes. that way, isn't it? It is coming that way. <laughs> Uh, Dan Berry, I booked my normal hotel for WonderCon Anaheim outside of the CCI hotel block. Hedging his bets, understandable. And uh, Ian O'Hara, uh, pre-reg will be in the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you even, I mean, it, could it actually even be that kind of thing where before they gave us some warning uh, and now it could be a case of they could just open the doors? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that we can call it. I'm, I'm personally am, am calling it Wednesday afternoon. If I, if, if I don't hear it by, if I don't hear an announcement from them by noon Pacific time on Wednesday, I think that we're pretty much safe. I mean, yeah. I keep an ear out, you know, Thursday, Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning, but that's, that's my sense of it. I don't think, I don't, again, I really don't think they're trying to mess with us. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz, Jasmine's. I do, I'm trying to work out if that's a nervous laugh or. It's both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm waiting to see when they're gonna do the uh, 
volunteer registration for the ones that went last year. So I'm I'm kind of like trying to keep an ear out for both. So I'm twice as nervous because one way or another, those are one of my tickets in. So yeah, I mean um, they usually volu- do that. Probably March is when they do the priority volunteer, and then they go to the interest list. So I'm hoping to to get in on that one. Sure. I mean, I think you, I but mean, they get plus is another thing get, that's really late this year. Yes. Um, absolutely. And usually don't they try, and you would know this better than I, Leonard, but don't they usually try and get press done prior to Gen Reg so people can, they don't have to buy a badge for Gen Reg? Yep. You know? Pretty much. And, and that's what, so, and that's what I'm thinking they're going to do with the volunteer, returning volunteers too. Um, to Jasmine is that, you know, hopefully we're going to get notification and we do have a full week, um, or we have had a full week for returning volunteers to register. So it's not like we've, we've all got to jump in, um, mm-hmm. on I that. Mean, so I, I know that we do kind of talk about press a little bit, <laughs> maybe too much because we do, <laughs> we, we do attend as press, but it does kind of like, it's it's useful to talk to for everybody else because it talks about the timeline. Um, in fact, I mean, the fact that they haven't talked about uh, press yet, they haven't talked about panels, which would be around this time. They haven't made started the mechanics yet of actually putting put boots on the floor at the convention. That's why we're a little bit concerned. That's why I'm just um, wondering. Um, we've got Michael P. Uh, logic is impeccable. I'm guessing talking about you, Alyssa. Uh, is Comic-Con <laughs> listening? I mean, it's a very good question. Um, I think... <laughs> they have I, been it, known to listen in the past, which is really scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it, it is just more a case of the fact that it's just taking so long for them to ramp up uh, when there's other stuff that would be in the background. I mean, yes, they have updated about the, the art show um, submissions. Yes, they have um, updated their information about the Eisner Awards. But that's stuff that would be usually in place. That's the, the building blocks. We're now just talking about the actual tent poles, as it were, the stuff that also supports the convention. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. Um, did SDCC get drunk for the holidays? I don't think it's that bad. I don't think they're there. I don't think it's quite there. Um, we just need SCCC to update uh, outlet for my press badge so I can start freaking out or stop freaking out. Okay, Andy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. I mean, people are now just wanting to get on with it. I think that's that's where we're at. So um, yeah, uh, we will of course keep our eyes on all of their social media. It is mostly uh, a case of um, uh, keeping an eye on their Twitter. That's usually their first port of call. So do uh, of course have your notifications turned on for comic underscore con on Twitter. Uh, Dan Berry, from a source who works for CCI, there's been no programming set up for this year. It's another thing. Like I say, it's just the stuff that needs to be in place. So, uh, yeah. Um, Anything else we can talk about this? We can't really talk about until we hear from Comic-Con. No, I I don't (laughs) think... I don't think there, there particularly is at this point, aside from just having everybody, everybody needs to just tune in on Wednesdays and Thursdays and make sure that you're in the loop and that you know what's going to happen. Um, I will say on a personal note, I was accepted for press at the Repop show Emerald City Comic Con. 
So we will be doing a broadcast from there. But again, I have this problem of I bought a four-day ticket and they don't do return badges. So I, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, one of those nice things that CCI does is to, to try and get press in before we have to actually put the cash out for the yeah. uh, the regular badge, which I'm hoping they do again this year. Fair enough. So. Uh, the, I mean, are there any, which other cons do you attend, Jasmine? I mean, in terms of preparation for your convention year, I mean, what other ones do you go to? Uh, so, like, last year I went to... Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely in the timetable. I went to the Amazing Arizona Comic Con. Um, I went to the Phoenix Fan Fest that they had in December and lately in October. Um, and then I kind of just go to little weekend shows here and there. Um, yeah, so Phoenix Comic Con is really the one that I tried to really prep for. Last year was really busy. It was pretty close to reminding me of San Diego. So um, I'm looking forward to that growing more. But yeah, mostly an Amazing Arizona Comic Con is not going to be out here this year, so I'm kind of sad. So well, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a nice segue into that, into Phoenix. It uh, is, I, I guess. Um, I suppose the question I want to ask then is um, because Phoenix is not a non-profit; um, it's a small independent con. What's mm-hmm. their ramp up to their event like? Um, do they have plenty of lead lead time? Do you have chance to kind of organize yourself for that event, or is it very last minute? What's, what's the um, there's usually plenty of time. They have the time with the passes, and then every so often they'll raise the price. Um, media pass, I usually know if I'm approved within a couple of months, so that's always a good thing. Um, and then they're very, they do the street teams, they go out to events, the social media, you know, they try to keep us updated on the guests and whatnot. And then as a volunteer, they have the all-hands meeting once a month, so that's always nice to kind of keep on top of what we may miss on social media and whatnot. So there's a lot of variables to prep up for Phoenix Comic Con for the bigger show of San Diego. So Fair enough. Yeah. Um, in terms of on the floor, um, how many volunteers are there, just out of curiosity? Uh, a lot. I work at the exhibitor hall, so I don't see them much, but I know there's a lot down there, and we're all trying to make sure the exhibitors are doing good and the vendors and um but there's a few i think there's about 1500 last year so i'm thinking they'll probably keep it around the same if not 14 total so i like the exhibitor hall but i don't really see them a lot because i'm always walking around and i'm working and looking at everything that it has to offer and whatnot so yeah fair enough well i mean i think uh, an event um kind of uh, rises and falls on its volunteer base the people that come along they are the army that um, serve a convention that uh, really keep the, the 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 wheels turning and everyone happy and it's always great when there's lots of happy volunteers at a convention. Yes, until precisely. you charge until you charge them. <laughs> yeah. Which is now this is where, which is where we're now going into uh, the Segway. announcement. Yeah, let's segue into <laughs> this. This was the announcement from Phoenix Comic Con. Um about a week and a half ago now, which has just pretty much dominated chat when it comes to con culture because it could also show as a uh, an indicator perhaps for other conventions. The general idea is, if I can boil it down into a nutshell, <laughs> there is a, a fan group uh, which was set up 
by a number of the organisers of Phoenix Comic Con called the Blue Ribbon uh, Group. Um, this is a, val- a, volu- as a, a fan group which supports um, Phoenix Comic Con and the other events that uh, the organisers put on as well. As part of the organisation for Phoenix Comic Con, what they're now doing is they're pulling from the membership of Blue Ribbon to be volunteers at Phoenix Comic Con and the other events. I think Phoenix Comic Con is their test bed for this. The only thing is, you have to be a paid member of the Blue Ribbon Group, which starts anywhere from $20 all the way up to $100, depending on the level of uh, um, uh, membership that you apply for, which effectively means you have to pay to be a volunteer. That's a very baseline uh, nugget of what is actually happening. There's lots of other little things that kind of um, are in there, which in terms of you do get, um, I believe there's some uh, kickbacks, some preferential things that you get uh, when it comes to tiers of the membership. Um, I mean, the, the the feedback to this has been phenomenal, both negative and positive. What's your experience, uh, Jasmine, in terms of the people you spoke to? Because I know that the moment that the announcement got made, you really got involved in this and uh, started really digging around. What was your take on it? Um, I did. I was really glad I got an article up so fast. I was so proud of myself. Um, you know, I when I did the article, I got some some pushback for it from some people in the group, and I wasn't used to that. And you know, they're you know some were calling it clickbait and whatnot. But it's not that I'm just a random geek site that wanted to get a story. It's I've been volunteering there since 2014. And I'm passionate about volunteering at Comic-Cons, and I like Phoenix Comic-Con. And to some people, and even sometimes me, $20 can seem like $200. Aside from the parking, the stuff you get, the photo ops, everything else, it just seems like a lot. And to be part of a group that you don't, like, you just hang out on Facebook, but you don't really, not associate with, but hang out with for being socially awkward through the year, there's really, you're only paying the $20 for Phoenix. So... My feathers were a bit ruffled, and I think the way that they rolled it out, I think they realized, like, oh, wow, we should have did that a little differently. And they definitely underestimated the the feedback that they were getting. So yeah. I, mean, I, I, was, I, I I presume you also got, I mean, I got forwarded the email uh, that was sent out. Is it Michael? I'm going to, I know, I know I'm going to get his name wrong. Um, and he, in, in that email, he turned around and said, that he felt that um, that perhaps the whole thing really was a storm in a teacup. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> just to let you know. Um, there's, but he felt that um, it was overstated, and he also felt that perhaps they could have done better in terms of rolling this um, this out. I mean, what's the ticket prices usually for Phoenix? Um, I think right now they're fifty five dollars for four days. And that was one of the the pros was you're only paying twenty dollars instead of fifty five, but it's like well some would probably rather pay fifty five or you know and not worry about it, but then some would rather volunteer and you know not have to pay that. So there was definitely a lot of pros and cons I've seen. I'm was kind of warming up to the idea, but I'm still like uh, I don't know about the twenty dollars and. You know, they're saying you're forcing people to donate to this 50137. And it's like, no, you don't have to. But it's like, yeah, I kind of want to volunteer for Phoenix Comic Con. So you have to be a member. So it was really sticky. And I I went to, like, a meeting on Saturday. And they said that they could have rolled it out differently. They definitely underestimated the 
you know, how they rolled it out and the reaction it would have. Sure. So I'm still kind of on the fence about it. Um, you know, I probably would do it just to tell other people about it. And like, hey, you know, you want to pay 20 like you have to be here. But they also specify that was an introductory rate. So there's no guarantee that next year in 2018, it could just be $20. It could go I mean, up because... That's, that's the other question I wanted to ask as well. I mean, what's... <laughs> I mean, are you a member of the Facebook group as well? I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. So, how many members of Blue Ribbon Group are there? I want to say, I'm not sure. It's eleven thousand, I think. I think. <laughs> I'm thinking basic maths here. Um, I don't. People could join the group and pay their membership fee with the intention of volunteering to kind of get their ticket cheaper. And still not get in because yeah, and that was this this numbers. That was the thing too. Was you know what's you're paying twenty dollars, you're not guaranteed. And when I had kind of brought that up, one of it was if you already volunteer, you're already qualified, so you'll be fine. But I was talking about like the people, like let's say Joe and Susie who want to volunteer at their first Comic Con, they're gonna have to pay the twenty. How are we gonna know if they're gonna be? qualified or you know experienced enough to be approved for the comic-con volunteering process so yeah, yeah. it's a little bit yeah i don't know Alyssa, you were going to try trying to say something um it, it's kind of interesting because actually in matthew solenberg's letter i think that's how you pronounce his last name yeah. what he was taught what he talked about was the changing labor laws which affect all of the conventions, um, all of the for-profit conventions, in that they can they couldn't take volunteers, and that's why they did what they did. Now they could have rolled that out a hell of a lot better than they did. Um, absolutely, you know, that's there's no question about that. And they even he even said that they did a, a poor job of, about that. But the fact of the matter is that because of the labor laws. All of the for-profit conventions now have to pay their volunteers, which changes the, the, the matrix of everything. My question is, why don't they move to a 501c corp, um, um, a volunteer, a, a, a nonprofit? If they're a not, if you're a nonprofit like San Diego is, then you can have unpaid volunteers or pay them in a T-shirt, that kind of you know, or for badges, that kind of a thing. So some of these, um, so I, I think that that kind of gets lost in the message of uh, the blue ribbon. Uh, organization. Blue ribbon, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why? Why is the membership? And the question that I, if I were you, Jasmine, that I would have is why is the, the, the entrance fee to Blue Ribbon so expensive? Why is that 20 bucks? What do they need that 20 bucks for? Hmm. Well, they, they were talking about the prices, you know, like, hey, let's just have a five or ten dollars for the Phoenix Comic Con only staff. And what it was is they needed to look at the needs of the Blue Ribbon Army as their own organization. So that $20 or the 50 or 100 or the tiers they have goes to the funds that they want to do as an organization, the Blue Ribbon Army, throughout the year. So they thought $20, it would benefit them as well as an organization, and didn't they considered but not 100% that, okay, we're only here to staff Phoenix Comic Con, but we're here to do our own thing as an organization of 501c3. 
And I think that's why they made it $20. Sure. I mean, it's, it's also been pointed out. I've put a link in the, uh, uh, the YouTube chat and I'm also, I beat, I beat Alyssa to it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, she's going to hate me for that. Um, no, no, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, I, have, I have put a link. Uh, this was to, um, uh, to Rob's piece on IBC, uh, ICV2. Um, mm-hmm. as mentioned in there, it does mention that uh, DragonCon has been using this model for a while. Uh, it's also been mentioned by, uh, uh, uh Michael P, I believe. Uh, uh, so, uh, someone, sorry, uh, yeah, it was Michael P that mentioned it. Um, one thing that Michael also pointed out, which I think does kind of work, actually, I think it was Scott Angus as well. I'm up for it if it puts people in place who actually want to help out. It gives a level of commitment. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what volunteer means. <laughs> that's paid staff. You are. There's a there's a tr- financial transaction there, and if anything, it's going in the other direction, which kind of confuses the issue. That's where I think the kerfuffle has come up over the last uh, week, week and a half. Sorry, I'm just going to use words now. Kerfuffle. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's. I mean, in Ohara, I love volunteering at San Diego Comic Con. You meet lots of great people, and I love getting a shirt. It's really cool. Um, but- the, th- the thing is, is that about San Diego versus Repop, those are the two that I know about volunteering for. If, if you volunteer at Repop, if you're on part of their crew, you get, you get paid, but I think you're putting in like an eight-hour shift. Yeah. You know, you're putting in a significant amount of time, unlike San Diego, where you've got a four-hour shift and you get a T-shirt and you get the badge for the day. So I... I you know, it's a it's a lot more friendly to volunteer at San Diego than it is to to volunteer at um, the Repop shows. How long are the shifts at the Phoenix? Uh, oh, they're usually, they're usually about question. four to six. Usually about four mm-hmm. to six. It seems like a lot longer by the time you get there and the time you actually get to leave or your coverage mm-hmm. comes in. But it's about six. And when I first volunteered at Phoenix, it was completely different than San Diego. I mean, San Diego, you show up get your badge, do your shift, and move on with life. You know, Phoenix, you got the name tag, which I thought was pretty awesome, and you definitely got a lot of benefits. So I was like, oh, my God, I have a name tag. This is great. And uh, you definitely get a lot for the time you put in and a cool T-shirt. So that's about, I think I usually do the six-hour ones, and they have it to where over the course of four or five days, if you put in, I think the required is about 20 hours. If you have Sunday, Monday, or Saturday, Sunday, and you did all your shift work Wednesday through Friday, you have those two days just to have your staff badge and do whatever you want. So I, guess, I don't know I, if they'll also, be changing those. It also feels like you're, you're definitely feeling invested in it. You're feeling part of the team that organized it. Yes. Part of, yeah. I mean, I, I try to go on the meetings that they have once a month whenever I can. And, you know, and I love Phoenix Comic Con. And I met a lot of exhibitors that, you know, have also I talk with with my site now. So, you know, it's definitely not just showing up and getting a T-shirt and going. Although San Diego, that's what I love about it, too. You know, you're also investing in time and, and people and meeting people. And it can also help you on your outside life for the day jobs and whatnot. So, yeah, I definitely think I invest a lot of time when I'm there. So it's kind of, when they roll out stuff a little uh, different, it's kind of like, hey, what are you guys doing? So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to the the comments. Um, Michael P. feeling that the volunteers at Comic-Con are 
totally committed uh, on their co- uh, current model. Uh, but uh, Michael P, do the math. Figure your time at minimum wage. Uh, okay, that um, that makes a. If you start do it, hey, listen. If you start introducing common sense and math into the thing, that's when it all <laughs> falls apart. So I was never good at math, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a great volunteer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had talked about that at the meeting. I think now with the feedback that they got, they were looking at rather more than a second of paid or paid staff instead of just volunteering. So I think they put that back on the table with the feedback they got from, hey, paying $20. So, you know, for $20, you get the benefits of the Blue Ribbon Army and the benefits of Phoenix Comic Con because they're technically two separate entities. And, you get the benefits of all of that compared to if you do minimum wage. Well, out here in Arizona, I think it's like $8. So I'm like, uh, I'd rather get more than $8 worth of stuff. So I think that's kind of like, oh, we didn't think of that. So, yeah. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, um, as I don't visit the Facebook group as often as perhaps I should do to keep an eye on this. But um, you might know this more. Do you know if there have been people, uh, there has been an uptake on people who have joined the Blue Ribbon Army for the Volunteer Pass? Has has there been an uptake on, on numbers? Um, I think there yeah. has. And, and definitely, with their big number, I think all of this news brought out people that don't usually, so to speak, interact. And they just kind of scroll through. And then you have some of the people that just go in there and just, I don't want to say irritate everybody, but it's like, hey, we're still civilized people. It's Facebook. But I think it's definitely brought out a lot of the people that don't usually say anything on Facebook. And to an extent, it's a good thing. And then it's kind of like, well, that's why you keep scrolling kind of thing. So I think there's been an uptake in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, has there been much chatter on the uh, forum about this, Alyssa? I mean, what's, what's been the general take on the on the forum from uh, there, the there outside have... world of looking yeah. into this? I... I... I, I'm going to quote one one of our members, Liberty Rocks, um, who says, quote, unquote, this is absurd. Volunteering means you're not getting paid and giving of, up your free time. Asking people to pay for a chance of a possibility of getting the privilege of not getting paid is just wrong. Uh, that <laughs> yes, nicely, nicely worded. Nicely worded. Absolutely. So that that was the sentiment until um, Matthew posted his, um, uh, oh, my God, long letter. I I think the (laughs) the quote, one of the beating um, comics beat said Salzburg's uh, staff memo was what Tolstoy was to Russian family life. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So having having actually read a Tolstoy book at one point in my long misspent youth, um, yeah. The point being, though, is that I think that they that more people understood why Phoenix did what they did in having to deal with these new labor laws. Um, my my biggest gripe of all, you know, two biggest gripes of all of this are what are they doing what is blue this blue group doing with the 20 bucks and why does it have to be so expensive if you just want to volunteer for a comic-con that doesn't make any sense to me 
Um, and I understand that they're, they're using it to promote their own group, but let's lay it out. Tell me what I'm going to get for that 20 bucks in addition to being able to volunteer. And the other thing. I was just going to say, if, if it really is just purely for the privilege of applying for volunteership, that's incredibly out of order. It, it, I mean, I know, I mean, I mean, they've got an Etsy store for God's sake. They are raising cash. Well, the, the thing too that I was concerned about with the fifty and hundred dollar tiers or the forty and hundred is who's to say that they're not just going to pick the ones that are paying more money to be a staff. I mean, they can say they're not, but it's like we honestly really don't know to get more money for next year compared to the people that just want to slip in the twenty just to volunteer at Comic Con. So that was also. One of my concerns is if you pay fifty or hundred, are you more likely to to be a staff member? That was that was one of my eh, I don't know about that because you know people say something and do something completely different. So that was another concern. It makes what, complete what, sense what to the, me. What are the tiers? Just out of curiosity. Um, I think it's the twenty dollars, which is the introductory. I think the second yeah. one is forty dollars, and then a hundred dollars. So I think that was the three that they're looking at. So okay. who knows? Next year it could probably be thirty bucks, forty bucks, and we'll do all this again and have a first show in twenty eighteen. <laughs> well, the the uh, yeah, the, it very well could be. The, but the bigger picture here, I think, is that you've got a whole bunch of these small conventions, these small regional conventions like Phoenix, Phoenix, and Boston Comic Con. Um, these small, not associated to the larger Read Pop uh, Fan Expo and all of that, that are either being swallowed up by by the fan expos out there, and they're they're positioning themselves so that they can be bought. Um, if if I'm making myself clear here, so if they if they were to make them. Uh, themselves a, a volunteer organization, a 501c organization, they couldn't be bought by a for-profit entity, uh, is my understanding of how this works. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I don't know. Um, but that means that they can't turn around and, and reap the profits five years down the road. For example, Boston Comic Con started about five, about ten years ago. They, they're having their ten-year anniversary. They were, they are a for-profit organization. Last year, they were sold, they, um, they sold themselves to Fan Expo. Their Fan Expo is now coming in, have upped the prices on all of the tables, um, moved the convention, and there's a decidedly different vibe going on for my small regional convention, which I'm kind of bummed about. So I think it goes it goes into kind of the bigger there there is a bigger picture aspect of this of of what's what is happening and it's unfortunate that Phoenix um, that Phoenix Con isn't taking the high road and doing the um, uh, going going nonprofit like San Diego has done CCI has done. Just out of curiosity, have you written a report about the meeting or do you? Keep that to yourself, Jasmine. Do you write reports about the, the meetings? Um, I haven't been able to move that fast yet because I, I got off work last night. So <laughs> I haven't I gathered did, all I my would, notes I would yet. be very interested. I think not just myself. I think there'll be a number of sites that would be interested to hear what was actually discussed at the, because 
I couldn't decide if it was like super classified info or, you know, <laughs> some kind of like, what do I do? I know I so, definitely. That's you know, a good point. At the end of the day, right? I mean, someone, uh, I think it was Andy who was saying what Facebook group. Um, there's, let's see. 11,901 uh, 11, members. It's Blue Ribbon Army, but it is a okay. closed Facebook group. So, uh, yeah. yeah um, you have to, like, request to be in it. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah I'm, I was hoping to um, get something up because it kind of smoothed the waters. I mean, at least with the second email that he sent out and actually put some articles of, hey, this is kind of why we're doing what we're doing instead of we didn't have 500 people show up kind of thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Michael P., I would just prefer that they pay their staff. Would you tolerate this in other business? It's a perfectly good point. Um, Scott Angus, I really don't think this group should have to change their membership policies just for a con. It's more on the con, too, uh, in this situation. I, I, I think that's a very good point. Um, they should, at the end of the day, it's if you're going to have staff there, pay the staff. Um, to volunteer for eight hours and more than you are actually putting in a full day's work and should be paid. It's not volunteering anymore. It's a job. Uh, that's from Sue to P. Bloody good point. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like Alyssa says, and I also agree that you, you have that morning or you have the afternoon. It's three hours at San Diego, four hours at San Diego, and then you have the rest of the day. And that is a give take. That's the thing that you're giving. Uh, you're giving your time, but to actually then pay cash for the privilege, I think is a bit, it's uncertain. And I, I still think we're still, <laughs> I still think we're st seeing the, the, the ripples of this. And uh, like you say, there are other meetings taking place and there's, there's more to happen. Uh, Phoenix takes place in. Memorial weekend Ma this year, May. There we go. <laughs> okay. Excellent stuff. Um, anything else that we can add, Alyssa? I think we've pretty much talked it out. I'm set. I think we're done. Okay. I mean, is there anything else that you want to add, um, Jasmine, uh, just to kind of uh, bookend? Uh, no, I was going to try to get more involved in, in posting stuff since there's a lot of passionate people out there about the volunteering. And since I've been doing it for so long, it's not just, hey, go to my site and read this article. It's I'm passionate about it. Sure. And I, I want to see Phoenix Comic Con and exceed whatever they do and, and best of luck implementing whatever they choose, of course. You know, I, I wish them best of luck with that because overall they are a business and it's the nonprofit group. So whatever decision they make, you know, hopefully I, I wish them the best of luck with that. So fair enough. I mean, I did send a message to um, Matt uh, hoping that he would be able to come on and talk uh, directly on the Hangout. Um, if he does uh, reply to my emails, uh, hopefully we may get him on in the next couple of weeks. That would be good to actually hear uh, from the horse's mouth, as it were. <laughs> you know what exactly I mean we know what they're thinking is it's now a case of just clarifying it's like you say I think the waters are a little bit too muddied at this point um, so I think it's uh, there's a lot of I mean I, I think strangely enough the fandom itself of Phoenix Comic Con are getting it and everyone else isn't because everyone else is just really concerned that this could be a a model that could get introduced. Yeah, that's that's what they said. If you're if you're already in it and have already been associating yourself with the group, so to speak, that you're kind of like, it's no problem. But if you see them on the outside, it kind of seems like a a click or kind of like, what are you guys doing in there? So that that was the thing is, <laughs> you know, it's it can kind of seem like a click to some people, and I was never the biggest fan of clicks, but it's just that's kind of 
it's a looking in the group like what's going on over there and um yeah so uh we'll Fair see enough. Yeah. I, I will just say to, to people, if you do have any questions, please read Matt's, um, Solenberg's letter. That's going to be awkward because it was a private e- or it was an email that was sent out to, um, I believe Blue Ribbon Army members and, uh, cause so I, I, classified. I, I, I don't know if it was classified. It was forwarded <laughs> on to me, but, um, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> like, likewise yourself, Alyssa. I think you'll find be- it on the internet somewhere. I'm sure. It, another group. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm going to actually post it on the the thingy. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, it's it's, it's somewhere. Yeah. No. It's it's um. It's uh, Dan, on my phone. is saying it was a it, it was a press release. It wasn't classified. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Thank it, you. <laughs> it okay. is. It is on my forum on the thread for it. <laughs> Oh, fair it enough. Says, so it's out there. It's out there already. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Okay. Um, do head to Friends of CC for more information about this as it, the story develops. And of course, do follow Jasmine on superheroes.xyz. Uh, you can also find her on Twitter at superheroesxyz. Don't disappear just yet. That was just to let people know where to find the story later on. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, let's wrap the show up then with uh, just some uh, a week in TV, I suppose. And also um, highlights of what's upcoming. Um, considering it is Golden Globes tonight, go Westworld. You know you can do it's, it. Westworld, <laughs> come on, Sandy, Sandy. You know, you know it's worth it. So yeah, we've got the Golden Globes tonight. Um, well, I was I was going to ask you if you caught the Doctor Who and the Sherlock episodes. If anybody sure. caught them, <laughs> Sherlock, Sherlock, yes. Doctor Who, not so much. Um, I've got Doctor Who on DVR. I've this last season I just hasn't grabbed me at all. But I think it's more a case of Stephen Moffat now writing for grown-ups who remember Doctor Who first time round and are now on a uh, a kind of retrospective kick. Um, whereas you did have Doctor Who that was being written for a brand new audience. It's now a little bit too chasing the chasing its tail, in my opinion. Uh, it's certainly not self-contained. It's a little bit too self-reverential. But um, I am hoping to catch it with Doctor Who and also with the uh, the special. Sherlock, however, um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed immensely. I really did. I enjoyed that show a lot. Um, there were a number of people concerned that it was a little bit too action-y and a little bit too... Uh, it wasn't Sherlock solving a mystery... <laughs> But it was. I mean, okay, he he fought an X-Forces guy and managed to survive somehow. I don't know how that quite worked. But other than that, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I liked the fact that it was a take on um, these uh, six Napoleons, which is a uh, classic short from uh, Conan Doyle. Um, so there was uh, something there for the, the classic fans. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's got... The one thing I also like about it is that it is a mini movie, right? The the, the production value is right there up on screen. I'm um, a big fan of, of that. And the performances are all great. A couple of character shifts in there, which I wasn't spectacularly happy about. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Watson. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, Karen Sessions saying no spoilers. <laughs> We're not doing spoilers. We don't do that. Not on this. Not on this show. We just have our uh, opinions. 
I would say it's worth watching. I'm very much up for uh, the second episode tonight in two hours' time. Um, uh, yeah, and the other thing as well, I do know that uh, in the States, it's not shown around the same time uh, as here in the UK. So just stay off Twitter. In about two hours' time, yeah. <laughs> stay off Twitter and social media. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Graham Small, he dies in the end. Shut up, you. Um, <laughs> Scott Angus just started watching Sherlock for the first time. Great show. Um, right, so I mean, yeah, I mean, what's been catching your interest, um, Alyssa? Um, th- that those two shows were definitely on my must-watch list. Um, I, not so much the Doctor Who. I'm, I'm kind of like trying to remember what that was about. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> That's not so, good. That's, which That's is not, not good. good. Yeah, exactly. But the Sherlock, absolutely, especially the ending of, of the Sherlock. And I am, I am glad that it's, you know, that there's a three or four episodes this, this season. Um, although I would like it to go longer, but you know, it's, it's nice. And as you say, it's condensed. It's a one shot. And you, you get the complete story, which is a good thing. I also happened to catch, did you see, um, Emerald City? No, Not I, Emerald City. I, I don't know if it's come out over here yet. So, uh, we haven't seen it. We haven't been, we haven't been blessed. Uh-huh. Um, Jasmine, have you, you're looking excited there. Jasmine, have you seen it? No, I see some previews for it. It looks like something I may, I may check out. They did one like that a while ago, uh, the Tin Man on Sci-Fi, and it was really yeah. good. So I'm I'm interested to see this rendition of it. I, I'm up for it, if anything, for Vincent D'Onofrio. Anything that that man's in, I will. <laughs> I'm there with bells on because I'm a fan. I was able to watch it last night. Um, they aired it. They aired the first two episodes of it. And I notoriously like everything, um, but it held my interest for two hours, which says a lot, uh, because I, I tend not to watch the second hour of a show if I'm not interested, that interested in it. Um, I cared about Dorothy. You are so, you're so brutal. (laughs) (laughs) I cared about Dorothy. I cared about, um, the straw man. Uh, I, it, it's. I would recommend watching it. It is interesting in that it was shot like um, Peter. Uh, uh, it was shot like the uh, Toll Story, not Toll Story, the Token books were. <laughs> Sorry, I had that Peter, on my Jack- mind. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson. Well, it was shot in that manner. So all 10 episodes, it's a 10 episode series and all 10 episodes were shot at once. So they didn't shoot it in order like the normal TV productions are. So they were able to um, shoot all of the scenes for one in one particular area at once. It was in, it's a gorgeous production values, brilliant visual show um, that I would highly encourage people to watch. Um, it is a little bit on the, the uh, mystical side, you know, fantasy side, which is not my overwhelming cup of tea, uh, be more hard science fiction, but, um, but I would recommend um, trying to trying to catch up with it. We do have uh, the upcoming. There's a few upcoming shows uh, that are worth checking out this week. 
one from Netflix. But let me digress. Netflix, over the course of this past three weeks, have really brought it with all of their shows. I think somebody mentioned the OA uh, in the talk in the um, uh, the comment in the chat area. They've they've really made a huge play. Um, second season of Man in the High Castle. Uh, con- that's, on, that's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? Well, it is on uh, Amazon Prime. Sorry, okay. um, I've got Lemony Snicker coming out this week. Which, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and I've seen some. My clips. boyfriend. Yeah, I've seen some clips from that, and it looks to be really fun. Um, just so that's that's going to be coming out, I believe, next Friday. Yeah, the, um, the only issue I've got with Lemony Snicket is that it does look incredibly styled off the film um, adaptation instead of being its own uh, entity. Um, but the cast look incredible. The stories are always fantastic. If anything, what they'll do is they'll just... Um, it looks like what they'll do is they'll just remake the film and then just keep going, which I have no problem with. Um, but it's a shame that it didn't have it doesn't have enough of its own um, voice, unfortunately. But no, I'm very much looking forward to that. That's that's my uh, yeah, that's on my go to list. That's that that certainly is the highlight. But there's two other shows that are coming out out this week. One is called Taboo, and it is on um, FX. It's um, done by Rid- Ridley Scott. Uh, very. Um, 19th century, early 1800s, uh, kind of a show. Very gritty, very moody. I've seen some good reviews and I've seen some bad reviews about it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a shot because I like those kinds of gritty, um, 1800s kind of uh, shows, but it may not be for everybody because it is so slow moving is what I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, the, it's, it's one that's going to breathe. Um, yeah, this was on BBC One. It's a it's a co BBC production. It's BBC ah. FX co production. It was shown uh, first episode on the on UK yesterday. I've got it on DVR, and it will be what I will be going to see when I go home. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's Tom Hardy. Um, the exactly Tom Hardy, Una Chaplin, uh, that Jonathan Price. You you can't fail with a cast like that. And well, Stephen Knight as well, which always helps. It was a well-known reviewer that did not like it. So that, that was kind of, you know, why I'm I'm kind of hedging my bets on that. I am interested to hear what you have to say about it next week. Um, though Taboo it is the name of the show, and I forget what date it's coming on. The um, one come, last uh, one. In the, in the States, it's um, Tuesday, 10th of January. Tuesday. The uh, the last show is on uh, is Sneaky Pete, and it is on. Oh, I had it here. Yeah, that show was where is Sneaky Pete? Stink, Stinky Pete was in Toy Story. Um, no, no, Sneaky, Sneaky Pete. Uh, it's okay. Brian. That's it's why you Brian can't find Cranston. it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, it's a Brian. No, I, I had it in here and then somebody did the editing and I, so I've misplaced, uh, where it's going to be. Um, it's sneaky Pete is a Brian Cranston story. Um, which is, uh, and Giovanni, Ribalsi. It's a gritty, light-hearted series that centers on two con men. Effectively, uh, Giovanni is in prison with somebody. He takes over his identity. He's a con man. He owes people money. Brian Cranston is, I believe, the, one of the gentlemen that he owes money to. It, it looks to be very kind of light-hearted and fun, yet gritty uh, mixture. So it's it's another one to absolutely watch uh, this this week. And I will find out who it's from if you give me half of a second. Well, so, well, we'll take that time to go over to Jasmine. Um, what shows are you watching at the moment? What are you keeping your eyes open for? Um, I need to binge watch like everything. I was into Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl. Um, I think the one that I actually watch when it does come on is Supernatural. That's the one I'm most looking forward to. But yeah, I need to just binge watch. I just, I work a graveyard shift, so I sleep during the day and then I don't really get to watch anything. So I'm going to have to change that for 2017. But uh, Supernatural and just hopefully catch up on all the DC shows because I love what they're doing. I just, I need to watch them, but I love what they're doing. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's go to the, well, very quickly with the, um, uh, the chat room. Uh, Andy Bayback, uh, this will be of interest to you, uh, Jasmine. Uh, speaking of Flash and Supergirl, all the CW, uh, DC shows have been renewed. So uh, there's yes, uh, that, that right new. On. There you go. Um, so let's go, uh, from the top of the list. We've got, um, the OA. Yeah, I'm about halfway through the third episode. And if it doesn't pick up soon, I may be struggling, but I've been told it does. Uh, then again, I've also been told that the ending's a bit meh. So I need to, <laughs> who knows? I need to get into that. Emerald City, I am going to be looking forward to. Someone's going to have to tell me what Beyond is because I've heard of this thing, but I, I've been hearing great things, but I don't know what it is. So if someone can let me know what that is. Same with Travelers. I've been told that that's very good. Uh, that's currently on Netflix. Um, uh, Greg, Craig Linders is about three quarters of the way through. Can't stop watching. Loves the mix of characters. Um, Sleepy Hollow started back up this week, says Angela Copley. Loves the new direction. Um, you're gonna have to let us know what kind of direction they've gone with. Um, cause, uh, it did seem like it was getting a little bit stale. So anything to, to wake that up. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Constantine is an animated series on CW online. Get in! I am, <laughs> I am down with that. <laughs> I am down with that. Um, uh, let's have a look. Beyond is on Freeform, uh, from the ABC family. That's not a good sign. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, let, let, yeah, you're gonna have to let us know what that's all about. So I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh, but Travelers is the one that I have been hearing good things about. So I'm gonna have to uh, chase those up. Did you manage to find that uh, info? Um, Sneaky okay. Pete is on Amazon, Amazon Prime. The other show that's coming back this week is Colony. Woohoo! Which is one of my big. Big shows that I really like too. So I think the other know. one, the other one I wanted to check out again was Timeless. 
I, I love the time traveling, although sometimes it's hard for me to keep up. But I really like how they go back in time and the outfits and everything from the creator Supernatural. So he has like a lot of little supernatural eggs in there. So I, I like that one too. <laughs> what was is that is that the show where I've been hearing that they're casting a young an actor to play a young George Lucas? Probably. <laughs> is that the one? Probably. That, I haven't that, heard that, that, that but I have no doubt. That caught my attention. <laughs> I'm going to go back and do, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Sneaky Pete, crime drama. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. I'm up for that. Um, interesting cast. And, um, yeah, okay, cool. Excellent. So there you go. That's um, Week in Television. I haven't watched a great deal. I'm going to be catching up with a lot of shows that we've been talking about uh, today. Um, so there we go. Um, like I say, uh, the Golden Globes is tonight. Uh, I think I've already told you what I would like to win, but I think there's so we are, we have talked about this uh, for the back end of last year. We're in the golden age of television. It's not a secret anymore. The equality, any single one of the shows that is up for nominations this year deserves to win because they are, ju- it's just top notch across the board. But I want Westworld. So. There you go. That's the way it works. Um, go on, Alyssa. I think it's kind of more, isn't it? Aren't the Golden Globes more about movies? I thought it was TV as well. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking at Manchester by the Sea, Hacksaw Ridge, Moonlight, Hell or High Water. Um, so Denzel Washington, yes. Casey Affleck. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we didn't. Just, we, uh, we didn't. We didn't I'm talked about um, the films that we've seen as well. Um, very quickly. That, okay, I'll just do quick pocket reviews. <laughs> no, just no, just quick, quick pocket reviews. Okay. No, these, are, these are also in Golden Globes uh, front run as well. Okay, this is why we never a half an hour. <laughs> I know. Very quick. No, these are like sentences. Passengers, confusing. Um, in terms of no, in terms of tone, in terms of character. And in terms of motivation, it's a bit ropey. Uh, there's uh, there's stuff going on there that makes you feel very uncomfortable. But it's very pretty to look at, and it, it does the job. Same drill. It's very pretty to look at Assassin's Creed. Um, but that's also slightly ropey. That's more to do with the script. It's a little bit too far up its own bum. Um, so there's that, unfortunately. It just needed to be a little bit more fun. So the one comment, no, the one comment that I got about Assassin's Creed out of my 17-year-old who's a huge Assassin's Creed fan is, why can't they just keep the camera in one spot for more than a minute? Because apparently there was a lot of the the moving around going on. It's, hey, listen, at least it's better than some out there. It still looks pretty. (laughs) It still looks good. It's okay. It's all right. Um, What else was there? Um, There was another, oh, yeah. The film of my festive season, I finally managed to get to see it, Arrival. If okay. you've not seen that film yet, my yes. God, you need to sort that out. Uh, if, especially <laughs> if, you are, if, you, if you are hard sci-fi. or In fact, if, what you can do is you can actually just remove the sci-fi out of it. It's just a great story about what it means to know your destiny and whether you would actually change anything about it. And to... Embrace your life. That's a hell of a, it's a hell, it's a hell of a message. I, I, I was, I'm a big fan of that film. I'm glad you finally listened to me and Mark and went and saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, I just right, had okay. to get that in there. 
Fair enough. Okay. Love you, right. Leonard. Hugs. Excellent stuff. <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up then. So, um, Alyssa, where can people find you online? Uh, my Twitter handle is at friends of CCI and you can find me on the forum. Um, I'm, my handle is Alyssa and I'm on the forum at friends of cc.com forward slash forum. Excellent stuff. Um, yes. Uh, just yes. to know. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit distracted by, uh, because I've had a message <laughs> say, the message is saying it is TV and, uh, film. Ha 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 ha. So we've got. Best television okay. series up for grabs, The Crown. Uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. Stranger Things, rocks. Uh, <laughs> this Is Us, Westworld, yeah, so there we go. Uh, right, okay. so yeah, where, where can people find you, Jasmine? You find me on Twitter and Instagram at SuperheroesXYZ, on Facebook too, slash SuperheroesXYZ, and then my actual site, www.superheroes.xyz. Pretty simple. There you go. Right. <laughs> not, not a, none of this taking off letters and putting on letters at the end for her, Alyssa. Um, so. Excellent stuff. I would be, I'm going to be paying close attention to that account. I, I really want to see the, the, the development of the Phoenix uh, story. So please do keep us up to date on that. Cool. So, excellent. And thank you so much, Vindy, for joining us. Yes, thank you for inviting me. This is great. <laughs> And for myself, you can find me on Twitter, EnglishmanSDCC. You can find me there on Instagram and also on the various Tumblr, various other social medias. Or indeed, you can just keep up to date with what I'm doing at an EnglishmanInSanDiego.com. Thank you very much indeed. We're back again next week. Um, hopefully, I'll be announcing who our guest is in the next couple of days. We're still trying to finalise what that's all about. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy Sherlock. Enjoy the Golden Globes tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you next Sunday for another Talking Comic Con. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.